Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Stoya, and you're listening to Why Are People Into That with Tina Horn. Nailed it. Hello, I'm Tina Horn, and you're listening to Why Are People Into That, the podcast for queers, sluts, perverts, whores, and everyone who loves us. My guest today is Stoya, a total force of nature who needs no introduction, but I will give her one anyway. Stoya has been working with sexuality for over a decade, on camera and off. She has written for The Guardian, The New York Times, Playboy, and others. Her first book, Philosophy, Pussycats, and Porn was released through Not Occult in 2018. She contributes to Slate's How to Do It every week and runs a sexuality-focused book club in Gowanus, Brooklyn, the third Sunday of the month. What's up, Stoya? Hi. How are you? I'm great. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm so fucking happy to have you on this podcast. Feels amazing. (laughs) I'm really happy to be on the podcast. Stoya, you immediately said one of my favorite words when I asked you what you wanted to talk about today. And that word is books. So we're going to do Why Are People Into Books? Awesome. It's really exciting. We did Why Are People Into Erotica with Rachel Rachel Kramer Bustle. She's a great one for that. Yeah, she's like the mistress of that for yeah. sure. She's so prolific. And, uh, and I actually just put out a conversation that I did with Katie Skelly, who's an amazing cartoonist and comic book uh, artist and writer on erotic comics. Mm. Uh, but we haven't, but I think that there's a distinction with books. And so I think we're going to talk about, I'm going to take a two pronged approach uh, today. I want to talk about the general subject of books as erotic, whether they have erotic content or not, and like the physical fetish object of a book and why book collections are sexy and why readers and writers are sexy. But then I would also love to talk about erotic literature and what are some books that you love that you've found really sexy or that you recommend to people. Does that sound good? Awesome. Cool. So why are people into books? So this morning I was, um, I was speaking with the prior night's date mm. And the word sapiosexual came up. Yeah. And then we had a talk about how it's kind of ridiculous that we've just come up with this word that like basically just means I like to talk to the person first and I'm interested in like <laughs> during their brain. Yeah. Or after. <laughs> like intellectual connection. Like it's yeah. been like a real thing for yeah. a long time. But the concept of sapiosexual, I'm very like it me. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so for me, like, like there is the John Waters quote, like you go to someone's house and they don't have a bookshelf. It is like you looked into my notes. Right. These are sapiosexual and that John Waters quote are two of the first things that I wrote down uh, to talk about. 
And like, like I want to know what people read and especially what books they like keep and hold on to mm. because it tells you about their brain, just like their appearance tells you about like how they present themselves in the world. Mm. And so like you can like scroll through and be like, ooh, I love that. Oh, I think I think they're into some of the same stuff I'm into. Like they think similar ways. Like this is awesome. Now I want to have sex with them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So something that I'm really glad that you brought this up because something that I wanted to get your opinion on is I also have an it me feeling about the term sapiosexual, which essentially just means like being turned on by brains, big throbbing brains, right? Um, and or being turned on by someone's intellectualism or the fact that they're smart is mm-hmm. like what makes you hot for them. Um, or also that I would imagine also sapiosexual could mean like, well, if this is a part of my identity or orientation, then that's also what I want to put out to attract compatible people as well i want to like present myself as someone who is bookish book smart intellectual uh you know smart in a in a particular way to attract either a like-minded person or someone who i I just i want to attract someone who's attracted to that Mm -hmm. right and then there's the john waters quote which of course is i'm probably paraphrasing slightly but it's like if you go home with someone and they don't have any books leave or don't sleep with them right yeah um do you think that those concepts are classist? Ooh. Or in what way can we like unpack a little bit in what ways those concepts might be classist and how we can still appreciate book lovers and find them erotic and find intelligence erotic without limiting our idea of like who is worthy of yeah my brain did like that thing when you you have the pool balls on the table and you break them and <laughs> yeah. it just scatters like i'm like oh my goodness um so like yes. i'm thinking i'm I thinking scattered of one... the balls of your brain so oh yeah <laughs> it's a good thing i took my reel in this morning um i'm thinking of one former lover mm. who had tons of books and he had a um he had a image from the cover of Don Quixote Mm -hmm. like on his wall and like he grew up really poor Mm. but then he went to university and like I think he's in law school right now or something yeah like he was able to get in there and work the system even though he came from a very um not very impoverished but like a working class background yeah yeah um and I, I'm thinking back, I'm like, who else was like a serious reader who came from not the middle class? Um, I mean, obviously, anybody with any background can love books and be a serious reader and probably have all kinds of different relationships to them. I'm just like also thinking about how you can be attracted to people who value books and know a lot about books and can talk about books. But like, I don't know about you. I have definitely like gone home with some people who definitely have infinite jest on their shelf and definitely have Audrey Lord and they're like not that great at sex it turns out or not that great of people it turns out right so it's it's not I mean I don't I don't think that anybody is claiming like if they have books it's gonna work out but I but I think that it's important to complicate that because then sometimes people like lead with that and don't think that they have to do anything else and then also it's about like who has access to that kind of 
I don't know that the, the the ability to like converse in that way. I'm also thinking of two men who came from or who had plenty of money. One was very proud of the fact that he stopped reading 15 years ago. I mean, fuck that. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like that's weird. I think we can definitely say. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that he's not a good lay. And then the other one had a giant library. Mm. But then it turned out they'd read like a very few amount of the books in the library. And he's like, I feel tricked now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Certain people are going to have access to knowing like what books will make the panties drop. Yeah. Like what's going to look impressive. Yeah. And for me, that's definitely not Infinite Jest. (laughs) I, I, I don't think I've ever had sex with someone outside of work who's a david foster wallace fan i do love david foster wallace problematic fave no i did i did one time um the war journalist (laughs) he was a dfw fan and he was kind of a terrible he didn't eat pussy that's you know i'd like to see that venn diagram i would love to see that but yeah (laughs) that would that would up my book judging game so much if there was like studies into like who yeah 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 what um <laughs> like how many dfw books do you have and do you eat pussy and do you have some sort of intellectual justification for why you should get your dick sucked but not eat pussy i i didn't dig in i was like oh you don't eat pussy i'm I'm good well that's i mean <laughs> you know there's all kinds of reasons to go home with someone and then leave like finding out they don't eat pussy <laughs> like finding out they don't eat pussy yeah um i want a dating app that screens for all that like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, then sometimes people say that they do and then they don't or they're not good at it or they're kind of like reluctant about it. That's a, that's a different. That it's is totally. We've gone so far <laughs> off course. This is what I do. I'm like, hey, I showed up to talk about books. And next thing you, you have know. this is this is the pod for that. OK, great. it's my fucking pod. I like tangenting. It's interesting. <laughs> Who knows where the places you'll go? Speaking of books. OK, but like uh, here, here's another example. Um I we were talking uh, when we were having coffee, we were talking about dating apps. Right. And uh, you're like getting into dating apps for the first time. Right. Yeah. And uh, I distinctly remember this is probably like close to 10 years ago. I was on OkCupid. And I was answering questions. And one of the questions was um, uh, in Romeo and Juliet. By Shakespeare, perhaps you've heard of it. Uh, when uh, Juliet says, wherefore art thou Romeo? What does the wherefore mean? And it was like multiple choice. And it was like, where, why, how, what, you know? And so like, and I remember, I, I, I saw that and I was like, hell yeah. I would never let anyone who doesn't know that wherefore means why, as in like, why are you Romeo? Why is your name Romeo? Why are you a Capulet? This is a forbidden love. We're all going to die. Like, I like do not want to let anybody who doesn't understand that near my pussy. Thank you. Okay, Cupid. Right. And then I remember I was uh, at book club. I was ugh, no joke. I was totally at book club. Um, and I brought that up. And I was like, yeah, isn't this great? I love these questions. Dating apps are great. And my friend, shout her out, uh, Diana Cage, like looked at me and was like, I think that question is really classist. Right. And it really, it it totally um, 
broke the uh, pool balls of my mind. It was like a galaxy brain moment where I was like, I couldn't simultaneously say I value that, but sort of doubling down on it and bragging about it suggests that I'm filtering for people who have not had the education that I've had or have not had the access or are disinclined um, to care about those things that I like wouldn't be compatible with them or I wouldn't want to sleep with them or they're like not worthy of me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really, so that like changed how I felt about a lot of this stuff. And that's like, it kind of comes up for me when I hear people talking about being sapiosexual or even the John Waters quote where I'm just kind of like, how can we treasure and value books and connect with people about that without being exclusionary. Yeah, there's a so there are like two angles with books, right? Like there's the like you know, I grew up with tangible objects mm. that I would sometimes read over and over again and there's the touch and the smell and all that. Um but there's also a like I respect that you in theory, use your brain. Yeah. And so much stuff like where increasingly like brevity is appreciated mm. and like, why would you read a whole book if you can get the same information from a compact article? Right. Um, and or so a tweet. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of shifting things a little bit. Like a lot of people keep books on their phone, but yeah. like maybe only have a couple of cherished ones laying around. Right. That's Obviously, the other we're thing. pack rats. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, clearly you have, uh, I mean, th- this apartment is a John Waters wet dream, right? <laughs> um, John Waters would definitely sleep with you. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had a penis. I can buy one. I feel yeah. like, if, yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> is John Waters a bottom? I have no idea. I have to, probably not. I don't think so. Yeah. I can be like, look, man, just it'll be the happiest day of my life. Ignore my front hole. We'll be fine. Yeah. That's yeah. I feel like if anyone can do it, it's you. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Well, that is the other thing about the world that we live in is that you could go home with someone and they could not have any books in their house because they're not materialist or they move a lot or they just don't want to take up space, but they have an infinite amount of books on their devices that they read all the time, but it's not yeah. a collection that's displayed. I mean, I feel the same way about music too. I, actually, I feel a little bit like a poser now <laughs> because I've slowly like gotten rid of a lot of the books because they're a pain to move. And so now I just have to like, Oh, like here's my like, you know, cherished, like hard to find out of print. Yeah. And then like, mm, sapiens. You've all know. Yeah, I'm smart. Like, <laughs> check out my Godel Escher Bach. Like, I mean, that's the other thing. Is it so bad to signal to mates or prospective mates or prospective friends or colleagues or community members? These are the things that I value, right? Obviously, sometimes we have posers who have the right, the quote unquote right things on the shelves yeah. to get the things that they want. And that's manipulative, but, um, and phony, uh, and like an insult to people who actually do care about those things. Yeah. Um, but it's also a legitimate thing to do in the same way that we like 
have make like make sartorial choices or uh or like yeah. find, like certain things out there to like attract the kind of people that we know that we're going to be compatible with yes yeah okay i don't feel like a poser anymore i'm here I feel for very- you yeah <laughs> like, i'm like right my bookshelf reflects the things that i want to offer offer people an opportunity to comment on yeah. and start a conversation about yeah i mean i definitely have met some people who don't read and also are not curious you know and you like will bring up something and they don't know what that is and they're like threatened by it Mm -hmm. and that's just like not hot and also like like i don't care if you haven't read I'm just going to keep using Infinite Jest as the like classic example. <laughs> I truly don't care if you haven't read Infinite Jest. Uh, not everyone is like a pomo, a homo glutton for punishment uh, as much <laughs> as I am. Um, but like, uh, I do care if people are curious. Yeah, I think I think books are one indicator of that. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that is the core thing that we're like excited about when we find out someone reads. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So what what else is sexy about people who read? Um. God, I mean, like I kind of fetishize because so much of my twenties was all about sex. Mm. Like I kind of fetishize the like reading on the couch together. Yeah. Like it's just such a beautiful like homey. Yeah. And then that's arousing because I'm almost 33 and my biological clock is doing very bizarre things. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm like domesticity turns me on. <laughs> um, so like this idea of like curling up together in January and just like yeah. snuggling and co-reading. Yeah. And, having the physical companionship with your own mental space. Well, that's also, I mean, something that that signals to me is somebody who is secure enough to give you your own brain space, even when you're together, that they don't need constant attention and affirmation Mm -hmm. uh, and that they're also interested in the life of their own mind and that you can comfortably coexist while doing that like that is hot that also makes me like not feel smothered you know so that i could like be excited about then being like hey uh when you finish your chapter uh i got a bookmark for you <laughs> good dog eared that page honey <laughs> you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean <laughs> Yeah, so that that is yeah, I I totally get it. Like somebody reading in the right context is somebody who also respects that you have your own inner life. Yeah. There it's it's also like it's a sign of desire to continue growing, yes. I feel like. Yes. Like when it's someone who's like, "Oh, like you're like always reading something that's like a little out of your wheelhouse Mm. but of interest and like you're taking care of your brain and that's so attractive totally neuroplasticity yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Ooh, nice neuroplasticity you got there what are you doing later stud (laughs) well yeah i mean it's also a sign that people are like if somebody continues to read while you're hanging out it's a sign that they 
didn't just read the right books that they knew that they had to read to get laid and then stop as soon as they found someone. Yeah. That yeah. they actually are intr- intrinsically motivated yes. to read and love books. Yes. Yeah. And even if you see someone that you don't know in public, have you, you remember that? I don't know if it's still going on that Instagram hot guys reading. No. Oh, I've never story. heard of this. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Follow Insta follow. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just like people creeping on hot guys. I think it's, I feel like it's mostly in New York, but I, I can't imagine that people have not been like sending in submissions. Of yeah. People in all, all over the place. Oh, like so great. Reading on trains and reading in cafes and stuff. I do. I am thinking of being like 18, 19 and sitting at coffee shops mm. with like a paper book and dudes sitting down going, so what you reading? <laughs> how, well, so how did that make you feel? Um, Really irritated. Yeah, because I'm, like, like, I'm, I'm reading I'm, here. Yeah, I'm trying to read. Like, it's the international sign for leave me alone. It's like so my you, face in the book. Oh, you'd, you'd think. You would think, but no. 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 Well, that's interesting, too, is like the, I mean, obviously, a lot of this has to do, a lot of what you're describing has to do with male entitlement. But uh, yeah, there's, there is this like funny ongoing thing of like people interpreting you reading as like uh, us, that you're like placing yourself with a prop (laughs) in public to, to be available and that you wouldn't actually be interested in reading your book or that you're not just like there taking up space reading a book but you're like waiting to be approached that's another it's for me books are a sign of self-sufficiency oh that's beautiful like it's like oh you can entertain yourself like you're not relying on the world around you to stave off boredom like you like pack in your own supplies to like keep yourself occupied oh my god that's very beautiful and well put did you how how much uh how much reading did you do when you were young so yeah, I um I was homeschooled for a lot of my like primary schooling, and um it got to the point where my mom would just let me read literally whatever. Nice. First, it was I could read anything in the library, mm. and then it was if you can't find it at the library, you can have anything in Barnes and Noble. Nice. Like slowly, it yeah. was a budget. But yeah, she just like let me have a really long leash, and we would do a lot of like auxiliary auxiliary reading mm-hmm. with like history class. So like, all right, we're studying the American Revolution, and I'm reading sections from George Washington's diary and Thomas wow. Jefferson's diary, Hot. and like it's kind of difficult, like hard for the brain because yeah. it's archaic, but sure. like it's useful for the subject. Yeah. Um, Nice. We had so many. Our house was out of control with the bookcases. Uh, So that's probably comforting for you to have a big bookcase. Yeah. Yeah. It it feels like, oh, like, so like for my roommate, like having stuff on the walls is what makes it feel like home. Yeah. Having the art up. And for me, it's like I have a bookshelf. Yeah. And my books are in place. And I feel like my world is in order and I'm at home. Yeah. I feel like I've been building myself like several inches deeper into every apartment that I have ever had. Like sometimes I'm like, huh, I guess if I didn't have all these books, my square footage would expand. But would it be worth it? Definitely not. No, no. Yeah, I I actually had rules growing up about when I couldn't read because I would 
devise ways to read in any situation. I I would bring a book when we like went out to dinner and I would be reading under the table and people <laughs> would be like, you know, family would be like, you're being rude. And I'd be like, you guys aren't talking to each other anyway. I devised this way to prop up uh, a book on the back of the um, like sink faucet so that I could continue to read while I brushed my teeth and washed my face. I would hold it in my hand and I would I would refuse to take showers. I would only take baths because in the bath I could hold the book and like soap with my other. It was out of control. Well, yeah, one of the many benefits of of baths is yes. that you can read a book and read them. as yeah. long as you don't drop it in the tub. I mean, I am not precious about my books. I have had some conflicts with some people about that. I'm like, books are made to be read. Yes. Like, if they get coffee or wine or sweat on them, like... They get chewed up in the bag, like, just like it's the, part of the book's life. Yeah, you, that yeah. is their destiny. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A bathtub, though, that's that's it for the book. It's done. I've sal- I've salvaged some, but then it does it. You know, then it becomes like waterlogged and sort of swollen. You know, but that's sexy, right? <laughs> it is good. Yeah, it's like bursting forth. Yeah, yeah. With knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So readers are sexy. People reading, and like just the act of reading of like going into another world and like the ability to like move between worlds and like understand the difference between fantasy and reality and to like absorb new knowledge and then like have conversations about it like that's both i mean i guess in some ways it's like tantamount to masturbation but then like if you if you're like comfortable like reading in bed next to someone or reading on the couch next to someone then it's kind of like feeling comfortable masturbating together you know what i mean yeah and then talking about it is like foreplay and yeah 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 ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's Pride Month at the Pleasure Chest. To celebrate 50 years of queer liberation and pleasure activism, this queer-owned and operated sex-positive sex toy shop and community center is offering free shipping all month long. Every Pleasure Chest store will be exclusively carrying the new B-Vibe vibrating snug plugs. For the first time in sex toy history, B-Vibe has combined the incredible sensations of weight and pressure with the power of vibration delivered via their ultra-comfortable snug plug design. Available in two best-selling sizes, vibrating snug plugs medium and XL were literally built for pleasure. Celebrate pride with high-quality plugs in your butt now and forever. And now, back to the show. You that it kind of reminds me of um, the video series that you were in, Hysterical Literature, <laughs> which uh, in which you and, and several other people you're sitting on a Hitachi, right? So, um, 
I'll, I'll yes, give you please the real tell story. me. T- yeah, what's yeah? So what's the real story. Clayton Cubit. That's right. Um, we have some mutual friends, and so we were introduced at a party, mm. and he was like, "You seem really interesting. I'd like to maybe do something with you." Yeah, and I was like, "I'm 25 and a total brat." <laughs> Um, and he's like, I want to show you this one thing that I did. And he shows it to me. And there's this beautiful woman. And she's being stimulated with a Hitachi. But like, he's asking her questions from mm. out of frame. And the angle was a little like above her. Yeah. And I looked at it and I'm like, this is so dude. Because I was 25 and a brat. I mean, you're still not wrong. (laughs) I know. I was completely correct. I could have been a little more gentle with my words. Um, But he goes away and he thinks about it and he comes back and he's like, all right, here's what I think. Mm. Camera at eye level. Mm. You're behind a table with your clothes on. Mm. There's a person under the table out of sight with the Hitachi. Mm. Um, Because what he was after was just some kind of tension yeah. in video form to get like a more uh, I don't know like vulnerable portrait sure and so the tension of the the stimulation and orgasm is what he was after like yeah. someone trying to like think through that and you're reading while so like in his original version he's like asking questions and like sort of asking you to like use or asking the model to like use their analytical mind but in the video and in all the other videos yeah. you're reading from a book yes while being stimulated with a hitachi which is out of sight and you're fully clothed right so um so i was like all right like what book am i gonna read mm. and i was the first one so you're like you know setting the tone sure. and there's some responsibility there and i uh I thought and I thought and I was like, Bataille's like a little um, gnarly in certain ways. So like, I'll I'll go a little tamer. I'll read from Superverts Necrophilia Variations. I love that. <laughs> I'm sick of my song. <laughs> like you know, Le Petit Mort. Short, like, short, <laughs> like all that. And so I'm like, brilliant. This super obscure author. Um, and I reached out for permission and they were like, yeah, I don't care. Go ahead. This nice. is great. Nice. Um, so I ended up, we sort of broke the internet a little bit. Yeah. Because the headline that. was like, porn star has orgasm while reading about fucking corpses or something. And yeah. I was like, that's Who doesn't not, want to watch that? Yeah. I mean, that's not quite, but like great clickbait, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the promo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do. I, I appreciate that he... I mean, that that makes it a real collaboration. You know, your so-called brattiness is also like asking him to do better. And he did. Yeah. Like he was like, ah, I see this. And rather than get offended, I'm going to come up with a better idea. Good job. Yeah. He's a good egg. Awards for good boys. That Mr. Cubit. Yeah. He can live when the revolution comes. (laughs) (laughs) We have a short list. Um, Yeah. I mean, I love love that video. And there's a whole series. And it's still online, right? People can watch it. Hysterical literature. I don't Um, know when the last update was, but they have like this great range of like different kinds of women. I think Margaret Cho did one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And different kinds of literature as well. Yes. Um, Had you ever before that attempted to read aloud while being sexually stimulated? I don't think so. I've definitely done like the like lazy, like 
I'm going to lay on my stomach and read a book and smoke a cigarette and you can try to get me more interested in whatever you're doing to my clitoris, which is a super fun game. That's hot. Yeah. 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 I haven't I haven't played that one in years. I feel like I ought to bring it back out. Yeah. I'm like, who, who of my who of my makeout partners would be most ripe for that experience? I Well, you should send out a. Uh, mass text group text <laughs> who was going to be first in line to be ignored by me <laughs> like, like hey guys some of you don't know each other i mean you all know you exist but like you haven't met um, who wants the honor debate amongst yourselves also whoever chooses the best book wins oh yeah which book should i be reading while i'm ignoring you and that's how i'll choose I like that. <laughs> I like that. Everybody, everybody listening, you can you can have that one for free. Yeah, send send suggestions and a headshot. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're taking submissions as well. Um, <laughs> well, Bumble told me I'm not a real person. Mm. And then I had to like flex on Twitter to get my account back. Mm. But I'm a little I'm a little peaked with them. So I'm ready to like go off the rails. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Who needs them? I feel like the whole internet's a dating site. Listen, I'm 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 happy to facilitate um, your fantasies right here on Why Are People Into That? Um, reading while being stimulated is very difficult. It is. It is a it is a real mindfuck. Yeah. It's like you think here are two things I'm very good at. I'll just put them together. But no, it's very hard. <laughs> while we're doing the historical literature video, like. The Hitachi for me is too much. Yeah, yeah, I often so find I th- that too. I thought it was a great tool for that specific thing. But she's like on me and I'm like, I am trying, like every fiber of my being is trying to focus on the words yeah. and my mouth and like do this. And I I lasted like five minutes. Yeah. And then I'm just like, yeah. yeah, it. I mean, it was very, not to be sleazy, but it was very satisfying to watch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I can, you know, I'm so say proud that as an appreciator of your of your um, art form. I'm so proud that we snuck porn onto YouTube. Yeah, like isn't it? Isn't that so funny too? That like what you can get away with if you frame it in a particular way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I shot a porn once where the the people who were shooting really wanted to have have one of them read i think it was judith butler it was very on the nose and they like wanted to like read gender theory out loud like while getting spanked or getting fucked i i don't remember and it was it was it was fun to uh, to shoot i think they they had fun it was fun to shoot this sounds like i want to see it like uh, yeah. i'm curious yeah i will send yeah. you the link thank you yeah awesome yeah and i mean i've certainly there's like the dynamic of like where you're like make you're punishing someone that's sort of more like domestic discipline or like school teacher discipline where you're like making someone like write on the blackboard or you're making someone like read something aloud or like uh I guess even that scene in uh in secretary where she is reading back the dictation mm-hmm. while she's being spanked. Yeah. Um yeah, that kind of punishment is is fun. It and can be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what is hot about writers? Um, so the first thing about writers is 
they say such wonderful things. Like you can like really like have a fun sexual texting experience mm. with a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? So is um is sexting erotic literature, Stoya? Um, it can be at yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this when we do it. <laughs> like, there's definitely like, I've, there's some text messages where I'm like, this is so good. I'm going to screenshot it yeah. and like keep it forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's also nice to compose things that are not for commercial consumption. Yeah. Just to sort of like free write with someone or like run a circuit with someone or volley back and forth with someone with no intention of trying to give it any like structure or platform. Yes. That's nice. I'm like, wait, structure. That's a thing writers do. I should look into that. Mm. Uh, Good with structure. (laughs) I keep my pieces very short. Mm. I'm like, I know, I know what my limitations are and I, anyway, (laughs) that's what editors are for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, editors are amazing. Yeah, I agree. I wonder, so from doing all the like performance stuff, I sexualize stage managers. <laughs> and I wonder if the more I work with editors, mm. the more I'll begin to sexualize that. <laughs> well, so what's sexy about someone who is playing that role or performing that function? Um it allows me it's similar to what's sexy about submission Uh like it allows me to just let loose and be wild and reactive and responsive yeah because it's their job to like make sure i don't go out on stage until it's time or like Uh like corral some digressive threads into like something that makes sense yeah yeah totally yeah it's like a low-key like just like small DS thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and then you can feel when you trust that person, then you feel free to improvise, to explode out of your right brain, and you trust them to curate what's working and what isn't so you don't you don't self-censor you don't hold back yeah it's a very nice feeling yes yeah and you know so that's like you know as a submissive it's like or as a masochist or as a bottom you know if you're being taken in hand by a really good top then you can let loose and go nuts and know that if you're going too nuts whatever that looks like that 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 person's responsibility it's that person's responsibility to control and corral you yeah uh or like and then you don't have to like when i usually when i work with mickey mod friend of the pod yeah he's a top I'm a bottom, literally my editor for Around the World in 80 Ways staged an intervention last time I saw him. He was like, honey, you're a bottom. And I'm like, like, I've occasionally topped when someone was very, very submissive and incredibly explicit about what they wanted me to do to them. So when someone topped from the bottom? Yeah. (laughs) Like I've pretended to top while bottoming in a very meta, multi-layered way. Um, very sapiosexual of you (laughs) so mickey the last time we worked together 
there was a director who was like really in charge. Mm. And so it was the two of us just like going with that. And that was an interesting experience. Nice. Like having so you were like both the outside kind of top. submitting to the director. Yeah. Hot. It was very fascinating. What scene is that? Um, it was a it was a condom commercial. <gasps> That's right. He was yes. telling me about that. Yeah. That's cool. Do you guys actually have sex? No. We just like made out and stared into each other's eyes. Great. And we were like, we're just gonna like the level we're on right now, we're gonna be there until the director says to shift it. it That's amazing. and that is why you should hire porn stars. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. Mickey's the fucking best. <laughs> um, how did I get on him though? <laughs> You were so many things to say. <laughs> like, how did I get on him? Well, I paid well, him to have sex with me yeah, for my production. Yeah. Um, um, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe it was the um, with Vex Ashley and Four Chambers. Mm. We did a. Oh, yes. Yeah, submitting to the director. Oh, yeah. It was submitting. Right. Yes. That's what it was. But also with Vex Ashley and Four Chambers, the three of us did. Uh, retelling of the first few chapters of Bataille's story of the eye. So you got to have your, you got to do your Bataille porn eventually. I did. You're like, I'm going to do this, do this if it kills me. <laughs> Basically. Uh, and then someone will fuck my corpse. Anyway. Um, uh, that's- Can I put that in my will? Like, please donate my body to perverts. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> Um, you can. In fact, um, my lawyer would totally put that in, would figure out how I, I have an amazing lawyer who fit all kinds of perverted, slutty, queer, whore, like, content into my will. It was very satisfying. Amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hook you up. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's nice. And I mean, this is, this could not be more of a tangent, but like, you know, it's very death positive. Yeah. Like, it's really amazing to like have a lawyer who you could be like, you know, here are the things that are specific to like who I am and to be like seen and, uh, and be like, cool. Yeah. Like you are a person and you like deserve to have this. I mean, lawyers are witches, you know, they can like put things in. They can control invisible forces and bend them to your will for a fee. So anyway, uh, shout out to my lawyer. Uh, all of them. I have several. I love lawyers. This is such a tangent. What were we talking about? Like, while uh, we're on lawyers, though, I love my corporate IP woman. She's yeah. the greatest. Yeah. No, yeah. My my entertainment lawyer is like completely a fucking sorcerer. I love her so much. Shout out. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, anyway, books, books <laughs> directing, you want your body donated to perverts. We will make that happen. Necrophilia. What do you think? I What's just, your, I don't know. G- give me, give me 30 seconds on necrophilia. So, all right. Necrophilia squicks us out for two main reasons. One is corpses, sure. diseases. So like normal human self-preservation instinct. Yeah. The other can is. You, I don't think you can catch a disease from a dead body can you i see i feel like once like once like decay starts to set in it's like pretty rotten like there's a reason we don't keep corpses around for very long yeah i think that the fear of them as um 
I think that that people think that they're going to hurt them because they're scared of death, but I actually think that they can hurt them less than they think that they can. Okay. Anyway, well, I'm not I'm I'm no doctor. <laughs> but I think it's safe you can it's safe to fuck a corpse. But the other thing is a corpse inherently can't consent. That's true. So if you consent on the front end, right? If you're like, hey, like I, living human in sound mind, although I'm sure there's at least a few people in the world who would question that based on this discussion, <laughs> but like of sound mind, I'm saying once I've died, I'm cool with whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a corpse can't consent, but a corpse is not like an animal that can't consent for example uh in the sense that a corpse also cannot be harmed right yeah you're you're gone yeah yeah so if like part of the ethical question of assault is the question of doing harm then if you cannot do harm to and i mean like a corpse is an object. It's not a sentient creature. Yeah. So so both of our general squicks about this are probably easily undermined. I think we should just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, in another 40 to 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah here's hoping, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I don't have a particular like interest in fucking a corpse or having my corpse fucked. I'm so fucking happy we're talking about this. Um uh but yeah, like theoretically, I I don't really see an issue. I think that the other taboo is is that people believe in like the sacredness of of the corpse and believe right. that like, you know, the whatever the ritual is of transitioning the body that held the consciousness or the soul or the personhood or whatever you want to call it, like transitioning it into decay, uh, you know, et cetera. What, and whatever you believe about the essential thing that animated the corpse moving on, there is a, a taboo around the idea of like desecrating. So like, like I felt like moved to make porn in Amsterdam's red light district mm. before all the windows get shut down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait like, to see where you're going with this. Like similar places throughout the world, like Bob Guccione's Penthouse Palace and Casino yeah. that was then like this like derelict, brutalist ruin. Mm. And I'm like, nobody's made a porno in there. Like yeah. this is terrible. It has to be preserved in a porno. Yeah. So for someone who's dedicated their whole adult life to date to sexuality. Yeah. What better send off? Oh, like that's the like because I don't want to have sex with a corpse. I've I've done soul searching. I've been like, is this the thing that I'm like into or something? Like, how far does this little death thing go? And I have no interest in (laughs) fucking a corpse, but I do have an interest in once I'm a corpse being like I'm like that's the one last Stoya. You're a bottom. You want to bottom to death. I do. I want to bottom to death. <laughs> We're it's, all bottoms to death. Honey. It's, Sooner it's or good later. to know yourself. <laughs> I think so. I think so. 
Um, no, I mean, but what you're saying is actually quite moving that um, what what could be more appropriate? Yeah. For your send off. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you need help um, arranging that, then, awesome. you know, uh, please feel free to call on me. Awesome. I would be, I would be deeply honored. <laughs> when I'm ready to do a will, I'm totally going to hit you up for your lawyer's number. Right. Yeah. You've been listening to Why Are People Into That? Produced and hosted, as always, by yours truly, Tina Horn. If you want to support five years and counting of indie pervert media, check out the show's Patreon. That's patreon.com slash T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N. Please take a little time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and keep telling your friends about the show. It really means the world to me. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tina Horns S for updates on live shows, workshops, and everything else I'm up to in and out of clothes. This episode was edited by Alexandra De Palma of Domino Sound. Our music is by Treasure Empire. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 